Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. All right, welcome back to Concerning the Spiritual in Art. Today I have artist, illustrator, designer, Liam War on the podcast. And our conversation began around sort of his creative origins and uh, growing up in Salisbury, England near Stonehenge and sort of how those spaces really opened up his mind and became a place for him to connect with his sort of creative self um, in, in an interior way. He talked a little about how going to these places really just kind of cleansed him in a lot of ways, almost like places where he went to meditate and find a sense of like balance and groundedness. Um, having been to those places myself, it's really amazing to think about somebody who grew up just minutes away from these ancient powerful sites. Um, then we got into a little bit about his path and through photography and how that sort of evolved into making illustrations and drawings. At one point he showed us this, sort of this new drawing process that he's been doing where he's basically doing breath work through drawing, making these really amazing images through a breathing process that he does that he explains us to so that really like caught me off guard I wasn't expecting to hear or learn anything about that in terms of his work and it was just another side of uh, the amazing things that he does um, so I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation we talk a lot about creative process and sort of hang-ups in the creative process and how to sort of evolve and push through those times when we're not feeling like uh, super creative or we're feeling like our outputs aren't um, where we want them to be. Uh, he has a lot of great insight and wisdom to share around this, and uh, I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. Uh, here you go, Liam War. All right, Liam War, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to connect with you. I've always like really been deeply attracted to the the design work that you're doing that I've seen through Instagram and just feeling such like an incredible resonance with the power of the imagery that you play with. Of course, I'm a, I'm like a lover of symmetry. You play with a lot of symmetry um, and geometries in your work. And so I'm really excited today to, to spend some time connecting with you, learning about you and your creative process. And I remember we had a, a, a quick phone call a few months ago just to kind of check in and talk about the podcast. And you mentioned that you grew up in Salisbury, England near uh, Stonehenge and how that yeah. kind of was really inspirational for you growing up near not only Stonehenge, but a lot of those ancient sacred sites. And I've always been so fascinated by ancient history especially like lost ancient history that we feel like we don't really fully get, you know, or understand mm -hmm. completely. But uh, I've been to Stonehenge before in that area and I can't help but express like how powerful it was for me, just the resonance there and just the feeling I got. So I couldn't imagine growing up in a landscape like that or near that. So I was curious if we can maybe start the conversation sort of about that, like your experience growing up in a place so um, iconic and powerful um, is where you were raised. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, for me, I felt very lucky to be someone who was in that area, as, you know, it attracts people from all around the world for its history, and, you know, the energy, as you say, that it, it creates and has there. Um, and I think, you know, maybe I haven't spent enough time there myself, but I do feel that going to these sorts of places you do get a connection to you know the, the elements there and 
this sense of history and what what brought, brought people there maybe originally and it's nice to kind of go to those places and just relax open your mind and kind of let your consciousness take a bit of control mm-hmm. and use that as a way to maybe just cleanse your brain relax reset yourself recenter yourself and yeah. then put that back into artwork i think that is a good thing about living in the area i grew up in being so peaceful and remote and relaxing yeah it definitely was a way for me to you know if i'm too clouded in my head i can go to these places just relax with my thoughts meditate whatever it may be mm-hmm. and then come back into my own space and put that into an artistic way Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Like how these, uh, these kinds of places, not only do they have like they're cause it's mysterious, right? Like mm-hmm. there could like, like you like briefly mentioned, like how these places might've been identified by these ancient cultures as having some sort of special alignment or resonance or connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you can feel that there, but then on top of it, it's like all the ideas and projections of like humanity like putting in this feeling of this space there also coats your experience as well um and regardless it's still a powerful thing to tap into you know talking about how it kind of like goes or places where you can go kind of cleanse you know Mm -hmm. kind of purify your mind and your body a little bit um so that you can become more creative like when did you start like really consciously identifying as an artist or creative like were you really young I think I was very young like Mm -hmm. I mean ever since I could hold a pencil my mom and my dad were buying me artistic tools paints pencils pastels whatever and yeah I used to love catching bugs in my garden and putting them in jars and trying to draw them oh cool that was kind of the thing I used to do or draw flowers in my garden things like that very you know impressionist stuff you know trying to copy what I could see mm-hmm. um and then that just continued with me my whole life I always wanted to do art always wanted to make art um and it just as I got older I got into more artistic ventures and found my way into photography after that and yeah thought that was it for the rest of my life I'd be taking pictures forever <laughs> managed to come back to making artwork which is just kind of one big circle that I found that's really years. interesting. What kind of what kind of photography did you used to do? Like, what were some of the subjects you used to explore? Um, I used to love doing portraits or um, city street photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did a lot of landscapes. So I would go get up really early in the morning, go to the beach, set my camera up on the waves, and just kind of do really long exposures that are like one to two hours long. Wow. And they would just be these big blank images, but you'd have all this color and motion in the waves. And it just, yeah, I used to do a lot of that. Um, and then, yeah, landscapes in general, just because of where I lived. Yeah. And then, and then I would do a lot of experimenting with film. I used to have a huge film camera collection and I would do all kinds of double negatives, all kinds of, you know, different exposures and trying out slide film and six by nine and just going wild Whoa. with it. Oh man, yeah. I love that stuff. I did a lot of photography too. Um, that really was a big thing that kind of got me into like 
I guess identifying as an artist, like I'd always drawn my whole life and been into making art. It was definitely a big part of my life, but photography was like such an interesting experience for me, especially Mm -hmm. uh, when I got into analog photography, shooting with film, black and white. And um, there's something really magical about those experiences, you know, shooting with the analog equipment. Um, I'm curious, like, do you still do any photography or do you feel like your photography, like, from the past has any influence on sort of like how your aesthetic has evolved as a designer, as a illustrator and artist? I think it definitely still there. I don't really take pictures so much anymore. Occasionally Mm -hmm. I do um, when I really, really want to, or it's just something I need to take a picture of, but I definitely take that focus of angles and depth. And I use that to see into my artwork or, see things around me that I want to take that tiny little aspect that I can see and put that into a bigger picture basically. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. When I see some of your designs, you have certain vanishing lines, like the way perspective sometimes plays Mm -hmm. in some of those and some of those designs as well. Do you still have a lot of your analog equipment, like all the old cameras? I do have the ones I'm quite partial to. I've kept because I just can't let them go, you know, some of them, like I have an old West German camera that I just, you just that piece of history i just want to yes, keep more than anything definitely you know old russian cameras i love it's amazing you know like i have a i have a pretty i'm looking at my little collection up there on my little bookshelf um i have a little collection of some i mean i wish the you know i have mostly 35 millimeters i have like mm-hmm. Um, I have like some of those toy cameras, those Holgas and whatnot. Yeah, I have a few of those still. Those too. are fun too to play with with like 120 film. And mm-hmm. then um I never really got one of my own, but like playing with like twin lens cameras yes. and stuff like that, or the four by fives, like it's amazing. And it's kind of coming back, you know, people are definitely getting into it more. I think there's something about that tactility and that process that's really attractive mm-hmm. for, for people as well. Um, But photography, I think, is also an interesting way to like center yourself in a space and be observant, you know, of a particular place and time. Um, But for me, the paradox of photography is like, although I'm being super observant when I'm shooting of like light and form and perspective and all that, I also found myself at some point feeling like I'm in some ways removed from the moment in some ways as well, because I'm so conscious of like getting my settings right that I'm not fully present so I found myself Mm -hmm. becoming a disenfranchised with it because I felt like I just wanted to like experience something without having to capture it you know what I mean yeah I I have had that experience a lot especially with important events that I've been to with family and friends and taking my camera I'm too caught up in getting those shots so I forgot to be there in the moment Mm -hmm. and I think film definitely brings some of that back because 100%, you, don't, yeah. you don't know what you're going to see until you develop it. So mm-hmm. you do focus more on those perfect moments. Yes. Um, but then in the same way, film, the dark room for me, it was just an, a magical place. It's like so being in, in your studio, you know, once you have your setup and your music and you relax and it's just like you're in another world in another place. It's, it's yeah. a great experience that you don't get when you just sit at the computer clicking, you know, sliders all day. Yeah. No, I mean, you can create like a ritual and like kind of a container for like a powerful experience around the digital technology, but I think you just have to be really intentional 
about mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Because it's so ubiquitous in our environment. You know, another thing that kind of like pulled me away from doing, I still do photography. I still love taking pictures. I love looking at great photography. You know, I have some friends who are really amazing photographers and I'm just always in awe of like what they do. But sometimes like to your point about like being at these events and stuff, like just wanting to be like present in them, Mm -hmm. like you see around, like everybody is always pulling their phone out, like for everything, like concerts, like whenever we go to concerts, like I see so many people just like experiencing the concert through the filter of their phone screen. And it's like, it's cool in some sense, because you get a lot of documentation of these great moments and, and live music. But I'm also like, man, I just feel like, we're missing the point of what's going on, you know, this real connection with the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Do you, so like, so for you, like going from analog and, and being really like connected with that and then slowly transitioning to working on the computer and doing illustration, like how do you, how do you create like an environment for you to really get in sort of the creative zone with the digital technology that you're now implementing a lot? A lot of it I find starts in the real world, like mm-hmm. me finding something in the real world that I am inspired by. It can literally be a crack on the ground in the pavement. Like mm-hmm. I, I just will see it and I'll say, oh, that's it. That's the thing I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And then I'll pull out my notebook and just scribble down what I think it wants to look like. And then I'll transfer that to a digital you know, realm. Um, so you are using kind of sort of like your photographic eye in a way, yeah. not capturing the moment, just kind of noting it and then recalling it. Cool. I love mm-hmm. that. Sometimes if I don't have my notebook, I'll just take a picture of my phone and yep. save it into a folder and do the same kind of process. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of the time digitally, I have started from a, like a real point that I've seen something. Um, sometimes I will just go straight and digitally and just go, Today, I just want to play around with some shapes or yeah. some lines, or I have this idea that I think might work straight away from the digital world. Yeah. Um, but it can, you know, sometimes I can be five minutes before I'm going to bed, and you know, I get this idea. Other times I'm putting myself in a space and I'm setting myself up for it, and then mm-hmm. it slowly comes to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I find sometimes I'm just completely random with the way my art comes out. Yeah. And, there's different sort of like ways that those sort of streams flow into you mm-hmm. and you don't like try to like channel it one direction, but you're just open no. to the inspiration that comes. Yeah. I, I can, you know, put my mind to it and create something and it does often happen that way, but I, I just sometimes like just going with the flow and seeing how it goes. And yeah, even if I don't like it, I'll still try and finish it or, you know, just, change my idea up that's the great thing about working digitally is you can just start again and you don't yep. have to feel like you've wasted anything yeah you can kind of play around with those forms are you using illustrator like adobe illustrator primarily yeah primarily yeah. any yeah. other programs that you like to use i know there's um, a lot more coming out these days with like the ipads and like digital painting yeah Pretty so cool. i use like for the shapes and tones and you know the general starting points of my artwork i use illustrator and then I'll move on to apps on my phone that are mm. for coloring and um, kind of those almost 3D styles that I put on cool. my artwork. Yeah. Um, a lot of those I use, there's a great app called Mirror Lab, which is all about, you know, refracting and kaleidoscopes and 
taking the image and you can change it on all these different trippy ways. Cool. Um, I use that and then they have four or five other different apps that do coloring, glitching, distortion in various ways. Amazing. Um, and I, ever since I found those, I've been in love with those apps because I can just create a whole bunch of images on the Illustrator, load them up on my phone and just play, play. with them on the bus, play yeah. with them, you know, when I'm waking up, whatever I want to do. And then I can just switch them back to Illustrator, you know, tweak them more and it just kind of goes back and forth back and forth are they vector files on your phone too like are they translated no, back I, through I, I, no i, I yeah. have they have to be flattened into a png yeah. or jpeg or something got it got it but then you can probably translate them back to like yeah. higher resolution you yeah know, you need yeah. to and stuff and if you want to make it a transparent background it will it will keep the transparentness for some cool time. it's amazing the technology like all these tools because like you know for me, like I definitely use Illustrator and Photoshop for certain things. Sometimes even with my painting process, like I have an idea or a certain color I just can't figure out, can't mm -hmm. really quite get that composition we want. I'll just throw some things together real quick and just try it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's an amazing tool. You know, I think that people get really attached to some sort of pristine idea of what art making should be or could be. But really, it's like all these things are at our disposal and it's about the user and how they interface with these tools to create images that matter the most. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily about, um, you know, being obsessed with one medium over another. No, you and see that sometimes. It, and I don't think it has to be, you know, obviously everybody uses Adobe and it's an industry standard, but it doesn't have to be like if what however you make your artwork is however you choose to do it you know yep. it's whether you use a free software or what it's just if you can create it that's good good for you exactly i mean that's the, the most beautiful thing is just being able to spend time engaging in the creative process and and using your mind and your your talent and your skill and in that moment to manifest something that didn't exist before like that is a mm -hmm. powerful tool of the human consciousness the creative principles that we can employ in our lives and anyone who's going to engage in that kind of experience, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I feel like there should never be a sense of negation of one over another. It's really about embracing creativity as the most important, I think most fundamental thing that makes human beings what they are in yes. some sense, you know, yeah. it's mm -hmm. um, it's everything else. Like, you could you could say you can find in the natural world the animal kingdom for sure and you see creativity in the animal kingdom no doubt but the way that we consciously create for creative sake as well like art for art's sake kind of idea mm -hmm. right like where it's it's not just having a utilitarian or practical purpose but it's for like the the magic of the act of creation itself um, that to me is something like very special, like a special signature of, of the human species that I want to see become more and more embraced by more and more people. Cause the one thing I hear from a lot of people, when I get into conversation, like, Oh, you're an artist. Oh, I can never do art. I can never do this. I was never creative. I'm like, and I, you know, you have to be polite and you don't want to get deep in these conversations with people who probably just don't want to spend time hearing you talk. But like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, oh man, if you only knew that you do are creative and you do have that potential, you know, it's just, uh, to me, sometimes it's sad when I see people cut off from that. Um, yeah, do, you, I, do you notice I, that in your life too? Yeah, I have that experience with that with, with 
people I've met in the, in the past and I've felt the same way as you and wanted to kind of push them more into saying, you know, you can do it. You can, you know, I, Hey, I make abstract art. A lot of it's just shapes on, on the page, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, I'm not an amazing impressionist or someone who can take something real and just put it onto paper. I, I just throw shapes and colors at the page and that's it, you know, yeah. call it a day. And, and <laughs> to me, that seems so simple and to others that seems like impossible exactly but they could do that too if they had just more practice and exposure to it exactly that exposure i had a conversation with another artist sort of all about this this sort of like wounding that happens in the mind of people around notions of creativity for for many different reasons based on their upbringing or their experiences and mm -hmm. something that i want to try and dismantle in my life more and more with more people i meet is this the mis the mystique around creativity and that like the it's magical and it's something that all humans can do and have access to it's just really got to play around and figure out what it is what medium or material or process really speaks to your skill set or your yeah. interests you know yeah completely i completely yeah. agree yeah and so I think about that, like as a, as a father too, like with my, uh, like I have a young son and this morning he was like banging around this piano. Like I'm not a very musical person. Mm -hmm. I love music. I like to pretend I can sing, you know, like a lot of people, but yeah. like, he's just so enamored with banging and making sounds. And I just like want to like, I want him to just like embrace that and play and play and play and never have this feeling of like, I can do this and I can't do that sort of mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. i think these limitations that we put in our mind um can be so you know i don't know they can they can be little simple programs that we can just undo with a certain shift in perspective yeah um and so i think art can sometimes do that it can it can kind of shift our perspective a little bit you know it can kind of open up those portals in the mind i look at your work like a lot of the digital pieces you're doing and they're so resonant and they're so beautiful but they're also so like sharp and distinct and penetrating they also um sort of make me feel like sounds like it's almost like you're visualizing like sonic energy in some way when i look at them i don't know if that's something intentional for you when you're making or if music has a big influence on your creative process but like when i look at them i can't help but to see music coming from a lot of your work which is i find to be really beautiful i do thank you thank you yeah. i appreciate that I, yeah. I do listen to a lot of music when i create art might not always influence um the actual specific artwork like the, the piece that i might be listening to but I do feel that kind of motion and that that resonance that you're you're talking about in in the art as well. Yeah, it's from those geometric forms, and sometimes you have a lot of those like repeated sort of oscillating concentric circles or ripples that are coming mm -hmm. out that have this sort of sound like quality. Um, I was actually talking with a musician about cymatics and like the study of sound on matter and how like there's this incredible relationship between like certain frequencies of sound that will crystallize into certain like symmetrical visual forms. Are you familiar with cymatics? 
might be something no, you blow your mind. It's amazing. I probably will. I'd love to hear about it. You know? Yeah. Um, I'll maybe I'll link uh, something in our video on YouTube, like mm -hmm. maybe over here, uh, to a cymatic video. But like what like you've seen it before and maybe not even known you've seen it. Like imagine, like and you could probably do this at your home if you have like a speaker, especially like a subwoofer, and you have like a little tray of water and you put it oh, on top okay. of the subwoofer you play it and then you play a certain beat and you see these incredible forms show up. Mm -hmm. um, but it gets even more trippy, like what a lot of uh, sort of the experiments you might find online is where they take these metal plates and they put a speaker underneath the metal plate connected to a tone generator. So mm -hmm. basically just playing very specific tone frequencies, like a certain amount of Hertz. And they, and they pour uh, any sort of crystalline structure like salt or even sand, anything that's sort of crystalline, because um, water is crystalline too. That's why you see it in water. And they play certain tones. And what happens is, is when it hits to certain frequencies, all the sand starts vibrating and moving and moving and moving. And then boom, shoots into a perfect symmetrical form at wow. a certain tone. And then you shift the tone to be a little bit of a higher frequency. There's sort of this intermediary space where the sand's just going chaotically all over the place. And then boom, hits another certain point, a specific frequency. And it's like an even more complex um mandala sort of shape and then you go wow. higher frequencies and the higher the frequency the more and more complex these images are and it's like mind-blowing it just shows you this relationship between sound and matter and that sound is almost like holding form together in some like magical way but you see these incredible symmetries like designs that you might find in your own artwork see play out through sound forms it's super cool you can do it at home too y'all if you happen to have a tone generator or you are connected to a science lab or you're at a high school and there's a science lab they probably have one you can play with it but it's, it's pretty incredible stuff wow yeah i'm gonna have to definitely check that out yeah it's amazing because it just shows you like this relationship that's there between sound and light and form and matter and that but what was interesting is that these certain frequencies like these certain hertz i don't know forget what they are they just they tend to just lock everything into a perfect form. Wow. And, uh, and sometimes I look at like this thing happening in my own mind. It's like a metaphor for humanity in some ways. It's like we're shifting vibrational tones and like in these intermediary states, it looks just like pure chaos. Like it's just pure chaos. There's no form anywhere to be found. But then eventually you hit a certain frequency and boom, a whole new complex structure has been created. And so like, I look at like the time we live in right now, it's like almost like we're in between like those perfect tone sets and we're in this crazy chaos, but I'm praying that eventually that tone will hit and everything will come back into its sense of order. Yeah. I'd like that too. I like the sound, I like the, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I know. Right. But that seems to be how things work. The chaos and order paradigm, you know, this dichotomy between chaos and order is something I think a lot of artists are interested in and play mm -hmm. with. You know, I think artists like you and I, when I look at my own work and look at your work, we're definitely playing with a distinct sense of order, but like the creative process can have a sense of chaos and until that order comes to be, would you agree mm -hmm. with that? Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah. I, can, I can just be throwing something at a page until it, all of a sudden, like you say, the frequencies hit and then there's an image oh. that forms and the shapes appear and yep. that's something like, okay, now I can see where this is going and I can expand on that idea.
Yeah, exactly. So it's like seeing the chaos does have play a purpose in some ways, even if it's just to kind of reformulate things in an arrangement so that they can crystallize in a whole new structure that mm -hmm. you might not have imagined was possible before. And I think that's one of the trickiest parts of creative process is being able to um, be patient with yourself through those times when it just seems like nothing is coming together. Nothing yes. is making sense, but continuing to initiate your creative process will eventually lead you to a, a place of resonance, a place of where those that frequency hits and everything just comes together. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's, it, and sometimes it's just good to be in the, in the mess and just, create even if you don't like it you know you yeah. just gotta get it out like sometimes you just got to get rid of that emotion and that energy and wait make way for new emotions and new thoughts for sure and you yeah, can't like, do it until you've had that mess kind of relieve your your mind you know exactly i mean that's exactly how i look at like a meditation practice is like in a lot of ways it's like it's it's becoming still so that all the chaos can settle and kind of filter out a metaphor that you hear a lot in like meditative um you know lineages is like especially like in the east is like a, you know you take a jar filled with like water and like dirt in it and you shake it up really you know a lot and you look there and the water's super cloudy but if you just let it sit and be still for a little bit eventually all of that will go away and it'll be crystal clear again mm -hmm. and so i look at like the creative process in that way i look at like a meditative process in that way it's like sometimes we just have to sit and let the shit run its course you know yeah. without trying to change it without trying to be forceful without trying to tilt the jar this way and then that way but just let it freaking be yeah and by letting it be it'll it'll take care of itself in some ways. So I always try to remind myself of that when I'm in those like spaces and within my creative process where like nothing seems to be working and I can't figure out what's next or what I'm making, but sometimes I just mm -hmm. have to sit with it and yeah. just, you know. A lot of the times when I'm in that sort of state of mind, I'll try and maybe switch mediums or, mm -hmm. you know, cause I do, I do a lot obviously of digital work, but I do a lot of drawing in notebooks and sketchbooks and awesome printmaking but a lot of that i just kind of do for myself i think i don't really do it for sharing it or you know yeah. no one really sees i'd it, love to it, see it i'd love to yeah. see like the translation of like you know the analog process and the digital process and then mm -hmm. you know I'd, I'd be curious i'm sure probably the aesthetics are similar some some yeah some. like i have a few different you know i have like a breathing exercise one that i'd like to do and that kind of it's just it's here i actually have one right here that i can show you real quick which is yeah just, let's see it let's see it so this is a breathing exercise that i like to do oh cool so, so i just start with the point mm -hmm. and then i just make you know almost like a ripple or a wave or whatever you'd like to call it and i just yeah. basically almost like a wood grain yes uh -huh. and i just let those lines keep going and going and just focus on my breathing and just you know i'll add these points to kind of give focal points to the page cool and i just zone out listening to music or sometimes just complete silence as well wow and you're just and, using the line as a way to sort of also like guide the breath yeah and you know i just let my hand be as loose as possible and just let it flow around the page and it, it's very relaxing for me oh personally. yeah the breath is lot, so magical yeah and a lot of that is you know just something i've picked up myself i never really looked into anything specifically to help me with that i just 
love wood grain and it's one of the things I like, you know, having wood around the house and those textures. And I thought, how could I make this myself? And then it spiraled from this idea. And then now I use it as a, as a practice to kind of, if I'm not enjoying my digital work, I'll just switch to that. So I love that, man. I love it. I mean, it's not only are they were going to be really cool drawings, but I just like the idea of using the drawing process as a sort of breathwork process. And mm-hmm. so you have like this specific way you want to breathe while the line sort of takes care of itself. Yeah. And that way you kind of let go of any, you know, if I accidentally breathe too heavy or too too sharply and I make too much, too much of a emotion, then that's just how it is. And then that becomes a whole extended part of the shape. Yeah. You know, it just, it just, you just let whatever happens in those breaths take, take over the artwork and it kind of lets you forgive yourself a little bit I find, <laughs> from mistakes you might make yeah like letting the mistakes become a part of something more beautiful and bigger yeah yeah, yeah. that's and so I, cool and, yeah that's just a sketchbook but i have big big pieces of paper i've got it on i've got i went to ikea not too long ago and i bought <laughs> a 30 foot roll of paper that they had there awesome and i've been slowly doing those on that as well and it's like it's going to take me a long time, but I'm just, my intention was, hey, I could fill this whole thing up with these these drawings. I love it. Oh, that's so cool. I think that uh, you definitely need to, when you feel ready and right, like you need to show those. Yeah. I think it's so cool to have that side of your practice because mm-hmm. the digital stuff obviously has incredible power to it and energy. Um, but this is like, can have that as well so you can kind of like have the best of both and maybe at some point merging those worlds and some yeah way. yeah i definitely thought about that for sure through printmaking yeah. and through flatbed scanners and through mm-hmm. yeah like or like printing out like your digital images and then rendering on top like i think yeah. that could be really interesting because i know a lot of what you do you license a lot of your illustrations people are using them for various means of what they want um yeah. but they also are artworks that existent upon themselves like you know just as prints that you could enjoy and look at which i find to be really beautiful but that's so cool i really appreciate you sharing that liam i think that's hey, an welcome. amazing part of your process and something that uh i kind of want to like because i do it on my own like breathing and stuff and my artwork and like kind of it just happens naturally but to have like a certain way in which you begin a design and like having this breath work process sort of help create the design is such a a beautiful idea Mm -hmm. Uh, because the work that comes out of it is really like grounded in a real healing experience that you're having yeah it's nice honestly when because i i do find with digital because you can adjust it so much you know people's perfectionism comes out and then they get you know frustrated with the fact that they change so much that they can't get it right you know and it doesn't look right and they don't think the result that they're doing is what they want yeah and like with analog photography i think drawing and painting in this form that i do just take some of that away it means i yeah. can just clear my you know negative thoughts out a little bit and when i come back i think oh actually this doesn't look so bad you know when you, right. you make something and you take a couple of days away from it and then you come back and you think oh the things i thought about it were wrong actually make it look good and stand out <laughs> are the things i enjoy about it so funny how that happens man like could you get so immersed in what you're doing that like mm-hmm. you become blind to it right oh, like completely 
you become so blind to like what it is you actually made because you've been so deeply into it. So that creating that space away from it, like I have to do that sometimes with, with work that I'm doing as well. It's like, I just feel a little stuck. I'm like, I'm going to do everything I can not to look at it, not to look at a picture of it then on my phone, not look at it in the studio for like two or three days and try to like cleanse the palate a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just like when you're eating, you know, food, you have so many flavors. You can't, eventually you can't taste anything. Yeah. You have to, you have to cleanse that out in some sense. Um, That's really, you know, that's very important part of creative process that, artists can really get hung up on is this perfectionism, the sense that like it's, it has to be perfect, perfect, perfect. I see that in myself too. And trying to learn how to let go of that sense of perfection and let the imperfections come through even in subtle ways, because that's where the humanity is, yeah. is in the imperfection in the artwork in some sense. I was watching an interview with um, Willem Dafoe, the actor, not mm-hmm. too long ago. And he was saying, you know, make a piece of art that sucks, make something that's crap, make, yeah. make, you know, do something that you're going to fail at because that's how you learn things. That's how you figure out you're not, you can't make everything perfect all the time. Exactly. You know, and, and when I listen to that, you know, for me, it, it does help hearing those sorts of things. I think a lot of people can learn from that too. For sure. Cause we're so results oriented in a lot of sense. Uh, just, I think it's a symptom of our culture and our time. Uh, results, 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 but process is really how everything unfolds. Look, I mean, just evolution in itself is a process. Um, Mm -hmm. Life is continually, you know, evolving through these processes of chaos and order, life and death, you know, atrophy. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just think that we embracing those qualities can help us maybe create more space between like our ego the ones that want to control 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 and like letting the magic kind of move through us but we have to be willing to fail and we have to be willing to try and experiment and do things that we know ultimately won't be seen or shown or uh we might not be happy with because it we do learn especially if we're open in that way i mean i did photography for you know almost 10 years and in the in half that amount of time this graphic designer illustrator i've made I've done more successful work than that whole time in photography. Yeah. I love I love taking the pictures, but you know, to make a living out of it to get the jobs I wanted was a lot tougher than the, the art side. And I just, you know, realized, oh well, all those lessons I learned have still helped me. Yeah. And it's still, you know, got me to where I am today. But it's okay to think I I didn't waste my time doing that. You know. Yeah. It's just taking what you have and moving on with those experiences and lessons. hundred percent. Like everything is building up and teaching you things for these greater and greater missions and purposes and activities that you'll be doing in the future. You're just not aware of it. Like even, uh, you know, moving from this kind of job to that kind of job and like going um, seemingly meandering in your life all of a sudden, one day you might look back and be like, I picked up this skill and that skill. I met this person and then this happened. Like everything went in a certain sequence that led me to now doing exactly what I feel like I've been destined to do. But in those moments, like you forget that and you get so caught up with wanting to be somewhere that you're not, that you can't embrace that this is going to continue to lead you, especially if you become open to 
whatever possibilities you might see for yourself and just letting that come with patience. I think patience is really the key with all that. Would you agree? Like being able yeah. to be patient. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think, yeah, like trusting the journey and the process and believing in yourself are important parts to it, but patience yeah. is, is a big thing. And, you know, that is a thing. It takes a long time to learn that for some people, for myself, sure. myself included. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think you can learn a lot from just slowing down, being patient a bit more. For sure. Especially because we want everything to happen immediately because I can get on Amazon right now and I can order something. It can be here tomorrow. Like everything in my life is programmed to tell me that uh, whatever it is I want can happen right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not really true, especially in terms of like, what it is we want for like the vision of our life. It takes, you know, it takes time and patience, you know, your artwork, your art process, your practice, like for your art to become like a real vehicle for your life. It's not going to happen in a flip of a switch overnight. What you have to do is sort of surrender to it. Like I always look at being an artist as a life path. It's a path of life. And regardless of the successes and failures that come, like you commit to it as a path for your life, it will lead you in a way that is going to ultimately help you grow your consciousness to the fullest potential it can be that, you know, has nothing to do with material success or, or fame or fortune. It has to do with like a sense of real connectedness and well-being within like what it is you've decided to put your energy toward in your life. Cause I think mm-hmm. that's a fundamental decision we all have is what it is we want to put our energy into, what it is we want to put our time into. And like we were talking earlier, like how everyone, you know, one of the, I think the uh, gifts of being a human is the creative mind and potential for us to be able to identify as artists and put our work in every day, sitting at the computer, drawing in the studio, making art like that to me is such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of if that painting ever sells or not, like it's, it, it's really just what a beautiful way to spend time on a mysteriously chaotic uh, planet that we're on, like to spend time cultivating peace and creativity. Um, that's really special. I feel really grateful every day that I get to spend my time doing that. Yeah. Uh, I'd imagine you probably feel the same. Yeah, I do often. Yeah. I feel the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. But it didn't happen overnight. Nah. Like, you had to go through, you had to, you know, try different things. You had to develop different processes to your point, like yeah. developing skills and ways you didn't even know would apply to what you have to do and what you can do right now. And even if you have a full-time job and it's just your hobby or part-time or whatever, it's still, you know, you got to still enjoy that. You get time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone out there listening, if you've been like wanting to dabble in, woodworking or welding or or graphic design or photography or picking up a paintbrush or sculpting or whatever like or playing an instrument like just do it just mm-hmm. start just start and just do it and be patient and it will it'll lead you to these kinds of activities that are going to be incredibly wholesome and fulfilling in ways you could never really expect yeah, even if it's just one hour a week, it's still yeah. an hour an hour you take it for yourself to do that. You know? Yeah, definitely. Do you have a, a certain like process or regiment in terms of your own like when you go to the studio? Do you like are you like I'm in the studio working, whether I'm making something or not, I'm in the studio every day from this time to this time, or do you kind of float in and out of it? Like, how do you approach 
sort of staying consistent with your creative process? Mm, I I would say it's more, I, I'll start kind of getting this feeling where I just like need to let it out in some way. And that's when I decide I want to go into an artistic state of mind, like into my own space. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, if I had a studio, I probably would delegate more time to it, but I just have my apartment and have an yeah. office, which is, which is still great. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time it will be just, I'm almost like on the edge of my seat, excited and I'm bouncing, ready to make artwork. I just have awesome. to go there immediately. And it could be late. It could be early. It could be as soon as I get home from work, it could be whatever it is. I, yeah. I, if I had, you know, sometimes in the evening I do try and set specific times, but I don't find I tend to stick to them. So I just wait until I have that feeling where I'm just like, I need to, I need to let my fingers do something, you know? Yeah. Those idle hands, they're like, they're ready to make, you're ready to yeah. engage. Like, like I can watch a movie and just have a notebook with me and just doodle on the notebook or yeah. on my computer or something. I just kind of fit it in around my life as well. Yeah. Where I can, because when I find I don't do it for a week or so, I feel different. I feel like I'm not fully myself. Oh man. I can relate to that so much. Like when I'm not like, when I don't have like a painting or a drawing or a print that I'm making, or I don't have like some ideas I'm working out. Like I just, I just don't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I always have to like have something that I'm like working on or working toward or beginning. And um, it's a tough feeling like in the summer, like we travel a lot for visiting family and stuff. And so I'm not in the studio. I'm not near my art know as much and it's great because it does like cleanse it helps me kind of create space and stuff but there's also this like part of me in the back of my mind that's like itching to get back into that creative mode because I think yeah. it's just such a part of who I am um so finding little ways to do it like I like I go to the uh, beach every summer with my family and so like creating sand castles or sand sculptures or like collecting rocks, like I just have to find some way to make something. I just have yeah. this impetus to like create all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a powerful thing, but sometimes it can get the best of me too. It can, it can. Yeah. yeah. I, and, but I mean, even things like cooking, you know, that can still let you create the flow and yeah. making something new or, you know, like you say, even music i'm not very musically talented either but i'll still try and sing when i'm on my own and yeah you know listen to music and imitate what i'm hearing and sometimes it's just nice to do just any any creative outlet is just good at the time if you can't get if you can't get to your artwork exactly like the actual stuff you do because like sometimes maybe that even that's even a limitation for us as artists is like our attachment to like our creative output being so aligned with like a certain process you know Mm -hmm. whether it's painting or illustration drawing like but the creative energy that's inside of us that we can't help but express can express itself like you said in cooking or you know building a fire in the backyard yeah yeah you know like you can get into that state so i'm definitely i think the older i get the more i'm learning how to like engage that energy like you're saying that kind of movement inside you where like how to got to go create like how to engage that in things other than just my own personal like explorations as an artist uh yeah. and that's been really cool to start to become more embracing of is that like those creative energies can find expression in other ways too um mm-hmm. that don't have to be a part of your art pra- yeah. practice so to speak um, yeah I, I would agree 
I agree with that for sure. Yeah. I was going to say one thing I noticed about your work that I find interesting is a lot of your designs um, come off of black as the background. Yeah. Black is sort of like the void of space that all your energy and the work seems to like emanate from. And I have a a really close friend of mine who's a tattoo artist, but also an incredible painter. Um, KP Motheru burner art account at Instagram. Check it out. Y'all he's amazing. Motheru tattoo. Um, but he always paints off black, like he, or at least for a long time, always paints off black. And he has this real sort of obsession with, with doing that. And the work has such an, a certain type of energy to it. That's so powerful and interesting. Something I personally like never really do. So I was curious, like why that is, you know, I noticed that about your work and I find, I found that interesting. And I was curious sort of about what's drawing you for the majority not all of your work but i would say the majority of your work is coming off of black Mm -hmm. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about like what's driving that yeah that is a good question because i have you know i noticed that a few years ago with my artwork too and i i honestly i think i just like it as a starting point with the negative space and i'm a big i love reading about space and sci-fi stuff like i spend a lot of time reading um, vintage astronomy books and cool. like I, I go on archive.org a lot and I go through all the old files you know they've, they've you know, scanned in all the books and you can see all the original drawings and I just love that kind of depth that it gives to yeah. the images you know and it, it really draws you into the, the focal point of, of the piece um and over the years, I've tried to make it more colorful with the instead of black, but I always just get drawn back to it. I don't know why. Yeah, it's yeah, just, I think it's beautiful. I think I, it's I love it too. Yeah, I just yeah. like I'll have these phases where I'll be like, okay, full color now, color everywhere, all over the page. And yep. I just think, oh, but if I just make it black again, I, I just I just <laughs> like starting at that point. It's just it's hard to describe it, but I think it's just that kind of big negative expanse just really speaks to me in some way yeah i find it interesting because it does give it a more of a cosmic kind of feel Mm -hmm. when i look at it because you know the black of space is like this cosmic sort of feel but it's also like the way the colors like pop off of the black Mm -hmm. gives the colors like sort of a different otherworldly feeling because we're so used to color you know, popping out from, except for obviously at night, but like the majority of time when we're looking around during the day, like color kind of coming off of these lighter spaces mm-hmm. in some sense. So it does like give us a different experience of color in some ways. Black for me, like I definitely have used it in my paintings. I mostly use like really deep, dark blues or violets yes. or reds. Um, Cause black is to me has always been such an intimidating color because it's so powerful. Like it's so powerful. Like even just when you come to mixing paint, I put the tiniest bit of black, even a chromatic black, like in my paint mixture, it's like, it's going to transform that, that color immediately so quickly. So I find there's such a power to it that I love, but I I just appreciate that because I think it's hard to do. I think playing off black is actually very challenging to do well. And I think you do it really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just noticed that sort of theme in your work. So it's interesting. Yeah. I I have tried to figure out fully why I do it, but I think I just like starting at that point a lot of the time yeah starting with the void that kind of like Mm -hmm. empty you know there's a black void and a white void 
Um, I've definitely had some far out <laughs> psychedelic experiences where I've been in the white void and in the black void. You know, yeah, they're, they're both there. <laughs> but like, yeah, coming out of that black is that, that is uh, it's just cool. It's really powerful and interesting, interesting to see. So I, I wanted to uh, bring that up just be, before I let you go, because I was really interested in that resonance with coming off of black. And I think it's uh, really nice. Do you ever play with like printing your work? Um on like metals, like do you like dye sublimation prints, like printing. Never, no. Yeah. I, I would love to do stuff like that. Yeah, um, it'd be really interesting. I think it would with the with the metal printing. I think it would yeah. look really cool. I think it would look so cool, especially the way the blacks will look off that metal. Mm -hmm. Um, you should definitely look into that. I mean, you do sell your work for like licensing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I do that. I have a print store as well. Um, yeah, some some of the stuff that isn't licensed. Um, yeah, like stuff that I won't put for licensing, so I can have it as print. So I'm more inclined to keeping it as prints. Yeah. Um, and then I have a lot of drawings and stuff that I haven't. I'm in the process of sorting out that I want to put on available. Like awesome. those drawings that I showed you. Yeah. Have, I have loads of those. So I would those. love to see more of those. Uh, I would love to see more of those because I think it's a cool balance to the digital work, but it's also mm -hmm. like um, bringing in a different sort of quality to like what you do in your creative output, which is amazing. Um, yeah. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, we're coming up on an hour here. This has been such an awesome discussion. I think that we uh, we really talked a lot about that creative process, which is incredible. And I hope people yeah. listening out there got a little inspiration for really embracing your creative process. But I really appreciate you and just all the images you're making and the work you're doing. I definitely want to see some of those drawings, uh, especially sure. that huge uh, scroll of paper that you got from Ikea. Like yeah, that could be yeah. a really epic piece. It'd be probably challenging to display it in a certain way because it's so huge. Yeah, but you know i don't think there's any frame big enough to put it in so yeah just to... be cool to let it just scroll off the wall and roll onto the floor you know uh, yeah yeah i think that's <laughs> going to be the one <laughs> but i really appreciate you liam and i appreciate your time and, and your perspective and um i definitely really enjoyed speaking with you today so y'all out there definitely check uh, liam war on instagram i'll have all the links in the show notes to his amazing work if you're looking to license artwork uh, images or anything, definitely check out Liam's uh, uh, website where he's doing that and just connect with him and all the amazing images that come out. Um, thank you so much again, Liam. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's really great chatting awesome. to you and I had a really fun time. Yeah, always, man. Well, we'll talk soon, all right? All right, you take care. All right, you too. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Concerning the Spiritual and Art. Um, if you like what you're listening to, please uh, leave a comment. Uh, give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're, you're tuning in on. And uh, help me get the word out. Share it with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. Sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.